Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Always nice to catch up with Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. You're on the Lakeshore News Talk 830 WCCO. He joins us now, courtesy of the... Uh, the John Schuster Coal Banker Hotline. First off, happy holidays to you, Matthew. It's been a while since we chatted. Thanks. Same to you. Uh, yeah, I know we haven't chatted since the start of bowl season, and uh, boy, it's been wild. Yeah, it's been some fun bowl games, though. Like the game that just finished up. I don't know if you're watching Florida State and Oklahoma, but man, I know that Sooner fans are going to be upset because what, they're going to finish the season, what, six and seven, but. Uh, a very exciting bowl game there. Was it the Cheez-It Bowl? It was indeed the Cheez-It Bowl, yeah. It, the uh, Florida State just finished it up, 35-32. They're celebrating on the field. Some people get real uh, ornery about bowl season, like, oh, who cares about all these bowls? I don't know. The world just said, here's some more football, and it'll probably be crazy and fun. And, like, I, I mean, I feel like you're getting a little too, like, serious about this if you're mad that they've created all these crazy bowls yeah well let let me let me ask you before we get into the specifics of viking football and then the vikings matchup against the green bay packers this is just a general football question okay and there's there's a reason to why i'm asking these questions all right Uh, in, in your opinion who was the uh the greatest wide receiver of all time in the national football league uh there's no debate I mean, that's Jerry Rice, number one. You can talk about number two, but Jerry Rice's numbers are so far beyond anybody else that has ever existed. I mean, when you think about, like, how great Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, I mean, many, many others, Marvin Harrison, and then you compare them on paper to Jerry Rice. Like, Jerry Rice, from the age 30 on, would be one of the greatest wide receivers of all time, just based on that. Uh, so I, I don't even think that that's a conversation. Who's the second? I think it's Randy Moss, but, you know, I I mean, there's after that, there's a conversation about probably a, a handful of guys that deserve to be in that discussion. But I think it's Moss because of just his pure, unstoppable nature. Like mm-hmm. Larry Fitzgerald might get, might get in that discussion. Um, but, you know, it, there's just like there's there's. 30 guys who you could talk about deserve to be in the Hall of Fame and are great and all-time great. You go all the way back in the day to, like, Lynn Swan or John Stallworth. But, you know, I think Randy Moss and how he took over games, how he completely changed the game, is, is probably the next guy down from Jerry Rice. And his, I mean, his numbers would back that up, too. But even if he hadn't had some of the, some of the moments where, let's say, he wasn't given 110%, like with the Raiders, like what his statistics would have looked like. And when you can take a, you know, a team that is really good, like the Patriots, and then add Randy Moss and they go undefeated 
and, and have one of the greatest quarterback seasons of all time. I mean, I think that really demonstrated his impact on offenses when he was in the game. I agree with you, and we're on the same page here. And the reason why I offered up that question to get your reaction, your answer, is because, I'll be honest with you, I had a meltdown right before the 7 o'clock hour. Uh, with regards to go for football, and th- th- I didn't mean this as anything disrespectful to Mo Ibrahim uh, at all. I-, I think he's been a phenomenal player, a phenomenal gopher, a legendary gopher and all of that, but I just think that the knee-jerk reactions that we have at times about best running back or best this, like I think that it's it's laughable right now in this moment that there are some Viking fans talking about J.J. being better than Randy Moss. Like, eventually we'll have that conversation, maybe, but but in terms of Right now, just pump your brakes a little bit. Yeah, I, I know, and I totally understand people getting as excited as they are about Justin Jefferson. You deserve that. My gosh. I mean, for me, a week in and week out, going to that stadium and witnessing greatness, I mean, it's like watching LeBron James or something, the way that he takes over games. Um, but when Randy Moss came into the league in 1998, the Minnesota Vikings had the best offensive season of the history of the sport of football because of Randy Moss. Like, the way that he took over, it had never been done before. I mean, 17 touchdowns in that first season. And passing was not what it is today. When you look at Justin Jefferson's stats, and again, this is taking nothing away from him, but Cooper Cup did this last year. Another guy did the same thing last year. There are other receivers in the league who are capable of doing similar things. He's the best. There's no question. But when Moss came in, no one had ever taken over games the same way that he did. And then, even though teams had years to figure it out, they never did, and he kept getting better. And he kept, I mean, his best season is arguably 2003, like five years into his career. Uh, And then, you know, what he did with the Patriots is up there, too. So, yeah, I mean, like Randy Moss, it's like Rice, Randy Moss. And then Justin Jefferson goes in this category of there's probably five receivers in the league who can completely take over games. They make unbelievable catches. One of them is in Buffalo and was traded by the Minnesota Vikings. And if you put those two on paper up next to each other, it's pretty darn close. A.J. Brown in Philadelphia, Cooper Cup when he's healthy. I mean, like, all these guys, because of the way the, the, the offenses work, the rules against the defense and things like that. The Vikings have been the beneficiaries of more pass interference this year than any team in the league. Like those things allow for these huge statistics to be put up and for these huge performances, plus the mastering of the craft. Like think about this. If you have a, if you have a seven year old that shows really in, like great athletic traits, I mean, you could get him a wide receiver coach at seven or eight years old. That was not the case growing up in, in Rand, uh, West Virginia for Randy Moss. So you know, I, I think that comparing those two is, is a little ridiculous at this point, and that is with, again, no disrespect to Justin Jefferson's greatness. I'm with you, man. We're talking to Matthew Kyler, Purple Insider here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. All right, so so many people the last couple of days, um, just, and I say people, I'm only talking about maybe three or four people that have said this to me, but nonetheless, um, the fact that they will point to Vegas and say, oh, look, the Packers are favored in this game and the Vikings have this record versus their record. Look, I, I, I don't understand how people are this confused about this particular point in the season and what's going down in the National Football League. I think that Vegas has this right in terms of the way that this game should be viewed. Maybe you disagree with me, and that's why I'm asking you this question, but I just view it as... 
the Green Bay Packers, still with a slim shot to get into the postseason, they're the desperate team. Am I overthinking it in terms of analysis about about how Vegas and maybe football minds are viewing this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think that similarly to the Lions a few weeks ago, uh, going on the road is a factor, so that's going to give you some points. At Lambeau, it's probably more than your regular generic stadium, so right off the bat, Vegas might give them two points, uh, and I think they're favored by three. So just by playing at Lambeau Field in January, the way that they've been playing recently, they have been a different team. Uh, they've performed much better offensively. I mean, you go back to even a few weeks ago when they beat uh, Dallas. You know, they've put up 30 points a couple times. They've put up 24, 28, 26. Like, so the offense has started to click a little bit. And how you've been playing recently would be a factor, just like Detroit. Like Vegas, you know, the betters would throw out that Detroit started poorly and they would have, uh, you know, based it on how they had been playing going into that game. So that's the thing. And motivation is certainly a part of this as well. It's not to say the Vikings don't want to go there or they're not going to try as hard, but you're right. Like kitchen sink game is what they usually call it, where Green Bay has to pull out absolutely all of the stops to give themselves the chance to even reach the playoffs. And plus, you know, they're going to factor in the, the Aaron Rodgers. Like Aaron Rodgers at home, December, he's always been great late in the season. All these things are going to play into it. And, you know, there's the other part, too, that, there are some numbers that would probably say that the gap isn't as big as, you know, the win-loss record. We've kind of gone through this a bunch of times, and when the Vikings haven't been favored in the recent games, they've lost. They lost against Dallas. They lost against Detroit. Uh, I think that this one is a little different because I don't think the Packers are all that good, but, I mean, it wouldn't be a shock when you have a division opponent. I think division opponents can always beat you no matter how bad they are. Detroit beat them last year. We've seen bad Chicago teams beat them at Soldier Field many times. Um, that familiarity, I think, always makes it very difficult. Um, you know, and the fact that the Vikings already beat them once, a lot of times you just end up splitting because that's, that's how the leagues and division play works. What do you make of Garrett Bradbury? Uh, you know, him still not practicing, probably unlikely to play, right? Yeah, it looks that way. And, and I would say at, at this point, I'm a little concerned um, because – you know, a couple weeks ago, they kind of talked about it as if, like, okay, well, you know, we're going to just say, you know, do the whole precautionary thing. And I think this team has been very smart with the way they've handled most of their injuries and being cautious. But, you know, not practicing at all this week. Uh, and then he also got in a car accident after the game against Indianapolis, and he had already had the back injury and didn't play in that game. So I don't know if that – I don't want to like tie those two things together because he didn't say that made it worse, but uh, it may have uh, if, you know, you get in a car accident when you're already injured. So, uh, you know, the backup Austin Schlotman, like, bless his heart, he's backup center, he's doing the best he can. There's not 32 good centers in the league. There's probably about 12. So when you get to the 33rd center, and if it's Austin Schlotman, you're in trouble. He gave up six pressures last week. They're playing Kenny Clark this week. I mean, this is the thing they, they have to make sure that Garrett Bradbury is back by the playoffs because if he's not, uh, that's going to be a major issue against some of the defensive lines they might go up against. Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, joining us here on the Lake Show, News Talk 830 WCCO. I wanted to uh, to mention this to you. With regards to, um, <laughs> and we know how first take is and ESPN and all of that and the debate shows 
And look, it, it makes for entertaining television, I think, for a lot of people because they like to see people debate and argue and, and, and we see ridiculous takes. And then we see some some very thoughtful analysis as well. I, th- I think that Mina Kimes, I love Mina Kimes. Like, I'm a massive fan of her. She, she, I, I love how eloquent she is with her takes and how, how she dissects things and breaks it down. I think Dan Orlovsky's pretty good. I love Ryan Clark. But then we had... Um, uh, I think it was um, who who was it? Um, you, it was uh, it was Ryan Clark. It was uh, uh, Channing Crowder. It was Channing Crowder. Who was the, the former running back from um, Jacksonville? Fred, Fred Taylor. Taylor. All right, so, so 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 they're on, and they're there's a conversation that comes up about Kirk Cousins, and one of the people in the group, I think it might have been Fred Taylor, or maybe it was Channing Crowder, says, "Quote: I've seen some weaknesses out of the Minnesota Vikings, and it's on Kirk Cousins' shoulders." Okay. And so Justin Jefferson saw that he retweeted and said, all of the Kirk criticism has to stop. I understand y'all hate the dad swag, but come on, his numbers are right with y'all's MVP candidates. So I love that Justin Jefferson stepped up for his guy and says, look, man, enough's enough. You know, fall back on my quarterback, which I love. And look, I've been somebody that's been very critical of Kirk Cousins. I think that there's been a lot of criticism of Kirk Cousins, and rightfully so. Like, he's had his issues in years past. I think that there's a lot about Kirk Cousins that Vikings fans and NFL fans this year should love. But do you think that right now that we're in a place with Kirk where if you've loved Kirk, then you're just going to stay loving Kirk? Or if you've been critical of Kirk, that you're going to stay being critical of him? Because I just don't think that there's anything that Kirk Cousins can do short of winning a Super Bowl where he's going to sway people from disliking him to liking him. Well, I also think, um, you know, when we try to look at all these things objectively, uh, I don't have any problem with what the guy said. I mean, or, of course, Justin Jefferson defending his quarterback. That's fine. But what Justin Jefferson said is not true. He does not have even close to MVP numbers. In fact, he has some of his worst numbers of his career. And the eight game-winning drives have really, I mean, sort of changed the narrative about Kirk Cousins. But I don't think his play has changed, and I don't think it's one of his best seasons, to tell you the truth. I mean, just overall, like, I know it's weird to say when they have the winning and they have the late-game clutch performances and things like that, so that really shapes how we view it. But when you look at even a stat like QBR that takes game situation into effect, I mean, he's the guy that this year has lit the house on fire and then came and, and put out the fire a lot of times, right? Like, one of the reasons that they haven't put teams away is because he hasn't been all that consistent. I mean, through three quarters of a lot of games, you're like, what's up with this offense, right? And then, you know, fourth quarter, here comes Justin Jefferson, makes a big play. And, again, Kirk deserves all the credit for that. That that doesn't take it away from him that they have these wins and they're in a place where they could go deep into the playoffs. But when you look at the offensive performance as a whole, when you look at his performance this season outside of that game-winning drive statistic, He's getting sacked more than he's ever been sacked. His quarterback rating is its lowest. His QBR is its lowest. His PFF grade is its lowest. His yards per attempt is its lowest. Like, yeah, I think you should look at the passing game and wonder, is it as good as Philadelphia? Is it as good as Dallas? Is it even as good as San Francisco? Those are questions to be asked, I think. And, you know, I I believe that he does have to do it in, in the playoffs, and he does have to beat some good defenses in the playoffs in order for it to change you know, how people feel about him. I think everyone everyone believes Kirk Cousins is a very good quarterback. 
I don't think anyone would say he's not. But if you're saying, like, there's some weaknesses here in this team and some of it is in the passing game, uh, I don't think that you're wrong. No, I agree with you. I, I mean, we're, we're totally on the same page here. I don't think that this is one of his best years or his best year at, at quarterback for the minutes, but the perception is it is because of the record. That's all it is. That's what. That's all it boils down to. And I, th- I think that so many fans get suckered into that. They're looking at that record, and they're sucked into that. The same way that Gopher fans are sucked into the stats from Mo Ibrahim, and I'm sorry, Mo's a good running back. He ain't better than Lawrence Maroney. He ain't better than Daryl Thompson. And I've watched all those guys play. And no, Mo did not set the standard. I'm sorry, PJ, for running backs at the U. It, it's not like Mo got here and then all of a sudden it became running back U. There were good running backs before he got here. That's just me ranting again. Sorry. Yeah, I, I can't really speak to that one. I haven't watched a ton of go for football. Yeah. Um, uh, not, not anywhere as much as you. But, I mean, I, I do think, like, it is one of the things that makes the sport so great is that we can always fight about quarterbacks. Like every person can have an opinion on Kirk Cousins, but even Patrick Peterson, and uh, he was talking with Kevin Seifert, you know, but I kind of overheard heard those two chatting about Kirk today. And Patrick was telling Kevin, so I guess the pub Kevin's article that's going to come out on Kirk Cousins, but I overheard him telling Kevin, like, it's not that different. Like, and, and Kirk has said this year multiple times, I'm not different. Everyone wants to know, what's so different about you, Kirk? The difference is that, jo- that Greg Joseph made a 61-yard field goal. The difference is, you know, that Justin Jefferson made the catch of the century in Buffalo, right? Like a lot of these things have gone his way that maybe didn't in previous years under the same circumstances. And there isn't a single year where he played quarterback for the Vikings where he was bad or where they weren't in the playoff race or any of those things. Like, that was never really the question. The question is, when you compare his salary and when you compare some of the other guys and what they brought him here for, like, they brought him here for this type of season to be every year as opposed to the outlier season, right? They, they brought him here to have top 10 offenses all the time when this is the outlier season. So I, I don't think that that means that he's had a bad year or anything like that. But if you're saying, if someone goes on TV and says, you know what, I'm not sure I trust him yet still, I think that's fine. Like, there's a really long history of him playing the quarterback position and having these major ups and downs and taking a lot of sacks and throwing the inopportune interception and things like that that I think anybody uh, who's kind of lashing out against the TV personality saying that is also kind of nervous about it themselves. Yep. All right, I went way over with you, so let me uh, ask you the final question. Just your thoughts on this weekend's matchup. Uh, Who do you think wins and why? I think the Vikings will win this game. I, I just don't believe that the Packers passing defense is any good at all. And this is the one where Kirk's going to uh, go for like 320 or something. I just think this Green Bay pass defense is, is just flat out bad. And I could give a longer answer if you want me to go way past what Chris Tubbs is trying to get you to break. No, no, no. no, no hey, hey, do what you want, man. <laughs> I'm just I'm just messing I'm just messing with Tubbs uh, because I've been in the producer's chair where the guest won't stop talking. But no, I think it's I mean this is this is great. Like everybody, this is great. It, Lambeau Field, both teams it matters. It's a huge game for both teams. The Vikings still really want that number two seed. I mean this is this is what you wanted day one hiring Kevin O'Connell. Think about where you were a year ago when this matchup happened. So drink it all in, everybody. Yeah. Hey, Matthew, man, happy uh, happy New Year, my man. Appreciate it. Same to you. All right, take care. We'll talk to him next week. That's Matthew Kyle, the Purple Insider, joining us here on the Lake Show. I know we went way over. Uh, let's take a break. Let's come back. 
I know, I know. Tubbs is Tubbs is all upset at me. We'll we'll figure it out on the other side next year on the Lake Show. Oh man, that was fun talking to Matthew Collar. Yeah, for twenty minutes. <laughs> Jerry Rice, yeah, greatest receiver ever. I got no debates. No with that. argument with that one. I got no argument with that. Yep. I, I think I think that you can make the case for Randy Moss. Um, it's not going to ever be based on stats, though. No, like, like yeah. I, I think I think that you would just be one of those individuals that double just look and be like, you haven't seen anybody faster, more athletic, freakishly talented than Randy Moss. Moss changed the game. He totally changed the game. Like he was, he came in and like the whole trajectory of the NFL was changed because yeah, nobody had been that big, that quick, that fast, that strong, and. It just so happened to work with Randall Cunningham and the way that he would just throw the ball downfield. Like, that combination. I, I, who was it, Brad Johnson that got hurt? And it was, I think Randall Cunningham came in. I think Ra- Randall was the backup that year. Because was it Johnson that got hurt? Maybe think, it was. I, 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 I can't, was I can't John- remember. But I don't think Randy Johnson, or uh, Randy, uh, Brad, <laughs> maybe Randy Johnson could have <laughs> Brad Johnson could not have gotten that season out of Randy Moss. Like Dante or uh, Randall Cunningham got that out of Randy Moss. <laughs> you named all the all the quarterbacks right there. The hell, you Jeff, might as well throw Jeff George in Jeff there. Jeff George, <laughs> Gus Ferrat, on a Wade Wilson, what the mm. hell? Bubby mm. Brister, Kelly Holcomb. Oh man, that's who funny. else we talk? I, I I don't know. But no, I I mean he did. He he completely changed the game. Yeah. Like there was nobody like Randy Moss. And now that's the wide receiver. That everybody's looking for. Everybody wants the next Randy Boss. Yeah, I mean, I'm they were you. looking for the next Jerry Rice. All right, coming up next, we'll take a look at the uh, the local weather with meteorologist Paul Douglas. And look, there's been a lot of conversation. I know I was out of town. I was in Atlanta when uh, the tragedy took place at the Mall of America. But I got to say it: great call by the Mall of America in this specific moment. I'll explain that next year on the Lake Show. Uh, you could sneak those in very easily. So if they did bag Jake, at least they might be able to catch some of that before it happened. I would be more than happy to have them check my bag because then I know if they're checking mine, they're probably checking as many others as they can. couple of shoppers at the Mall of America talking to WCCO Radio earlier with those sound bites and the news of the bag checkpoints going up days after the murder that occurred, the fatal shooting at the Mall of America inside a Nordstrom store. And I'm all for this. I have no issue with this. I think it's the right move. I want more security. I said this back last last summer, okay? When we started having incidents earlier in the year. Because remember, I had just been in the Nike store like literally 30 minutes before the incident went down this past summer. And I said, when people started talking about utilizing metal detectors, I'm all for it. I got nothing to hide. I want to be protected. I want to be safe. If this is going to deter knuckleheads and idiots from going to the Mall of America, good. This is what I want. I want to be able to roam around the Mall of America 
And if I want to get dinner at Benihana or Crave or whatever, so be it. If I want to go get my shop on at Nordstrom or Nordstrom Rack or wherever, so be it. Look, part of living your life is the comforts of feeling like you're secure and safe. And right now, let's just be honest. I don't think enough people feel secure and safe out there. So for me, I'm going to feel better with more metal detectors, with more checkpoints. If that's the cost of doing business and going to the Mall of America, I'm all for it. And quite frankly, I don't care if they do this at Ridgedale. I don't care if they do this at Rosedale. I don't care if they do this at Southdale. Because you know what I am? I'm a law-abiding citizen that's just looking to shop. I ain't looking to harm nobody. I ain't l- looking to bring in uh, uh, my Glock. I'm not, br- I'm not looking to do anything. L- I just want to shop for my Tom Ford cologne and go home. <laughs> I, it, it sounds really good, and I'm really glad that they are. I just wonder, Henry, if the damage has already been done. In terms of the perception, because there's already this feeling out there that the Mall of America is not safe. All this does is add to that. The the checkpoints, that's great. But is it 100% foolproof? I, no, nothing is ever going to be 100% foolproof. I just, I, 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 don't, like- I, I don't think that, I don't think that the checkpoints and the metal detectors makes anybody feel like it's less safe? I don't think it does, but I don't think all of a sudden people are going to be like, well, that solves it. I'm going to go to the Mall of America. I feel completely. There are some people that will never set foot in the Mall of America yet. But that's like, fine. Yeah, yeah, But that's yeah, fine. That's their prerogative. Yeah. And if you're saying you want that at Rosedale or Ridgedale or Southdale or – But there's nothing that's ever going to be absolute, though. No. well, that- like, like, for instance, 9-11. Mm-hmm. We take off our shoes and all this. Do do I think there's never ever going to be another incident on a plane ever again? Of course, no. there's going to be. No, there, there's going to be. But we're safer. We are. Yeah, we are absolutely. But it's almost like why weren't they doing this before? If they were concerned that this might be an issue, why did it already take to have a fatality? To uh, to because they never thought that it would get to a fatality. That's a simple. That's a simple answer to it. I don't. But this do, has been do, trending, do, though. It, it's been trending. Do you think? Do you, do you honestly think that the that the security at the Mall of America? Do you think that the Bloomington police ever thought that somebody was literally going to be gunned down in Nordstrom? No, no one thought that. But can we honestly look at all of the issues that we've had o- over the years mm-hmm. at the mall? And think that this was not going to happen? No. To me, it was no. it was inevitable. Yes. It was going to I happen. I agree with you. I agree with you. And, and yes. I think I think it, I think it was dumb for people to think that this would never happen. That's it's ignorant to, yeah. to think that. I, that's why remember what earlier this year, the first incident and then the second incident, what did I tell you at the time? I said they should what, what was the first thing I told you, Chris? I said, I said, we said it right here on the show. When they said, okay, there's going to be a checkpoint at, at mm-hmm. one designated spot, I said, why just one? Yeah. It shouldn't be at all the different designated yeah, because, because, duh, if I'm an idiot, 
If I'm somebody that wants to be a part of criminal behavior, if I know where the damn checkpoint is, I won't go to that one. Go around. Circumvent. Go around. I People are always – and with these checkpoints, there are going to be individuals that are going to figure out a way to get around it. And, and I, I applaud the Mall of America for – for putting these in place. I, I do. I absolutely. But it to me, it's reactive instead of being proactive. And I guess to me, that's th- that's the issue that I have is while it's good now. Why did we not just think of this? Ahead? And, and maybe they did. I did th- think I thought of it yeah. when, when they had when they apprehended a man that was walking around with a rifle. I was like, no, enough. You got to enough. You got to lock it down. Enough. Yeah. But I think that in that particular point, when that person was walking around, you got all these people talking. My rights, my, my no, no, no. We're not doing this, man. Yeah. No, I, I don't give a damn about about you talking about amendment this and that. That has nothing to do with me zero. feeling secure zero. at a mall. Nothing. That yeah, I. If that's instantly where we go with this whataboutism, I'm I'm checked out of that conversation. Because it's never been a thing. It never when it, when has it, it ever been happens. acceptable never. to carry guns into mall type settings or because you got you got a technical you got to put up the sign and say that we don't allow guns here and all of that other stuff. Like who's carrying their gun? I, and I know it probably happens every single day. Mm-hmm. If you go to Cub Foods right now or Hy-Vee, there's probably somebody packing heat. That oh, yeah. shouldn't be. No no question. Yeah. People are going – if you are going to allow them – and there are people out there that are lawfully caring. To me, just because – But how many people that are lawfully caring see that see that sign up there mm-hmm. and and then it's, oh, okay, I got to go back to my car and put my gun up? They don't. No. They, they, keep, they keep it on their person. But to me, the problem is – is with the people that are going in, and I, I, have, I have no problem with the conceal and carry, the people that do it legally. Absolutely, that, me neither. That are doing it for the right reason. Because there are people out there that are doing it for the right reason. No problem. This conversation is not about them. This conversation is about the individuals out there that are part of that gang violence, that are out there that are, are, are choosing to... You know, go out there and cause problems. That, that's pe- not, pe- pe- not self defense. People that go out to the mall that are not even looking to create problems. Because there's so many scenarios here. There are people that are law abiding citizens mm-hmm. until they're not. They could be in the midst of all of us. They've never had an issue in life. But yeah. you know what? Something triggers them and they, they, they get irrational about something. Oh, you, you did this to me or, or you. And then they, and then all of a sudden we have a, it's, it's a situation. Yeah. It, it used to be that you you get upset, you get into a fist fight, right? And, and all of a sudden now it's like, bam! I got my firearm. It's like we are just we are in a a hot button society where everybody's running hot twenty four seven, and it really it it really is a shame because yeah. you you lump the good with the bad. Everybody gets lumped together, whether or not it, and that, and that's not fair. It's absolutely not fair to the people that are out there that are doing everything. You got to get a background check. Fine. You want me to register the firearm? 
fine. You want me to do everything that I have to do? I will do that. It just takes these acts of violence and these horrible individuals with terrible intentions to completely undo all of that goodwill. And it really isn't fair. It isn't fair. But unfortunately, it's just the reality of the world that we live in. Coming up next, final segment of the show for 2022. And there's something from my childhood as well as Christopher Tubbs' childhood that's coming to an end this weekend. We get to it next year on The Lake Show. All right, we say farewell to East Bay. Back when we were kids, you used to get the East Bay magazines. Oh, man, that was – I mean, you talk about, like, being in heaven. They had been in – Sneaker and apparel company in operations for 43 years. Man. And they made their official announcement on its website earlier this week. Quote, we're saying goodbye to East Bay at the end of December 2022. We encourage you to shop at champsports.com to find great deals for your athletic shoes, clothing, and more, the company said in a statement. According to Wisconsin Public Radio, East Bay's closure means that an estimated 210 people will be laid off at the company's Wausau, Wisconsin headquarters. Wow. I loved East Bay as a kid. Everybody did. Oh, man. Who didn't go and rummage through the uh, the magazine, magazine? the the catalog? I I guess it was more of a catalog. Yeah, it was a catalog, but you're just sitting there and you're like – yeah, and you daydream, even if you didn't have money to spend, you daydream and be like, yeah, I love that. Oh, man, you know, they had shoes and they had, like, jerseys. I mean, they had, like, all sorts of apparel, and it was just, like, oh, it was so much fun to to go through the East Bay catalog. I mean, I haven't seen one since I was a kid, and but now that I see it, I'm, like, super bummed that they're – and, I mean, I don't – again, I don't buy anything from them anymore. Whoa. East Bay. I just went to the website. It says seventy percent off. Really? <laughs> look at look at. <laughs> we have to get our shop on here. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Look at you. Look at you go multitask. What is it? Eastbay.com? Eastbay.com, baby. Eastbay.com, okay. <laughs> We're giving them a free plug. Let me see here. All right. Oh yeah, there it is. You thought I was lying? No, 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 no. It wants to know my location. No, I'm not going to allow the look. Hey, you can get exclusive offers and news on upcoming releases. Opt out anytime. So you wanna you wanna go ahead and sign up for the newsletter and, and t- No, I'm good on all that. You sure? Yeah. I'm H sure. Lake at Well, I, just put it like this. I don't think the selections very <laughs> I don't think the selection is great right now because they're probably sold out of a lot. I know. Well, once you see seventy percent off, it's yeah. like you probably have got It's gonna get dicey. Yeah, it's already been picked over. Okay, so you want shop baseball, shop football, shop basketball. Now I'm gonna shop. I'm gonna shop baseball. I'm just gonna see. Okay, <laughs> you think you're getting a call up from the Twins? I see you got your Twins hat on. You got the new Twins hat. I got the new. Tw- I got the Miami. Uh, the Miami Twins. Yeah, don't get yeah. me started with the Miami inspired. Twins hey hat. man, I I I dig it. I dig it. I actually gave mine away. Did you? Yeah, my buddy whose mom passed away, he wanted to get I said, man, don't don't go buy it. Yeah. When when he when he arrived in town, I said I got one for okay, you. Okay, see, look at that. Not me, I kept this. Gotta look out for you people, man. Yeah, my people meaning me. 
<laughs> I need free stuff. Come on, man. Your hat was free? Huh? You buy that hat? No. Oh, I was about to say. No. I mean, but I totally would. I would, too. I would. To support the Twins. Yeah, absolutely. That's off that payroll, baby. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> We're Carlos. <laughs> wow. 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 Is that a cheap shot? No, it wasn't. Wow. Yeah. Twins, cheap. It kind of goes. It wouldn't be a, an expensive shot. That's see, for sure. See, why you do, see, here you go. Well, you started it. I'm just piling on. I'm not doing nothing. Oh, pfft. I call that phony baloney, or as, uh, as the kids would say, fake news. All right, so let me sign out of my computer for the final time of 2022. <laughs> Guys, uh, Christopher Tubbs, he's got you tomorrow night. Lake Show, Into Wolves Basketball with Timberwolves tonight. Happy New Year, everybody. I will talk to you guys Monday night back here on the Good Neighbor News Talk, 830 WCCO. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 